You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, hi there. Welcome to a brand new episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I am so pleased to have you on board. And joining me this week are Sam Chapman and Nick Hayes Chapman. Now, you will more than likely be familiar with their YouTube channel, Pixie Woo, which has over 2 million subscribers. You probably know about their best-selling makeup brush collection, Real Techniques, and I suspect you follow their exploits on Instagram, where they have well over a million followers between them. Now, time with Sam and Nick is time well spent as far as I'm concerned, and I am so pleased to have spent an hour with them committing our chat to audio for your enjoyment. Expect an honest conversation because, dear listeners, that's what it is. But before we get underway, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I'm Emma Gunn Wardner, hence the nickname Emma Gunns, and I've been writing for the health and beauty sections of print and online magazines and newspapers now for over 15 years. I'm a trained, although non-practicing, makeup artist, apart from on my own mush, and for a while I bore the title fashion editor, although if you know me or have ever seen my wardrobe, you'll, you'll be pretty familiar with the fact that the only thing I can dress is a salad. As well as interviewing friends, colleagues and experts within the beauty industry and the wellness industry on this podcast, I'm very much on the beauty scene and this week I've been trying out some product newness that I wanted to share with you. Now just a reminder, this section isn't sponsored so if I mention a brand it's because I like it or because I've seen it this week and I think it's worth telling you about. So if you watch Sam and Nick's channel, and I'm sure you, everyone listening will have seen one of their videos, uh, you may have seen that Sam did a tutorial featuring the new Chanel Le Beige Healthy Glow Touch Foundation which is £46, and you may have heard her mention that they had recorded the podcast a few weeks ago during that video, because when I watched it, um, I started to get a few Instagram messages and a few tweets saying, is it your podcast? Is it your podcast? Well, dear listeners, yes, it is. It just so happens that in the week that uh, I've been editing this podcast and queuing it up for your enjoyment, I've also been testing out that same foundation after finally getting around to it after finishing testing some other bases for a different feature. Now, it is a considered purchase, like I said, it's £46, but it is a beautiful, light coverage, it's buildable, and it doesn't really feel like you're wearing very much on your skin. It's 56% water and it feels incredibly fresh. And the reason I flag this up is because even the morning that I met the girls, I had been, I did my makeup twice because I have that thing where just literally a tiny bit too much makeup and it's like everything collects around my pores and looks really powdery. And I, it looks like I've put on too much makeup and I hate that. And it doesn't matter how much I blend, it just looks like I've 
got this horrible sort of, it just looks fake and that's not what I like and this is giving me a non-fake finish. So that's why I wanted to flag it up. It also just feels really nice on the skin. Definitely go and look at Sam's tutorial to see what it looks like on her. Um, I think you'll like it if you like a fresh light coverage. I've also, um, as anyone who knows me knows, I watch RuPaul's Drag Race quite a lot and I have had the entire score from Kardashian's The Musical on a constant loop in my brain since seeing it on the show a couple of weeks ago. It's on Netflix. If you get a chance to watch it, I think it's one of the greatest things I have ever seen and I think everyone should, should watch Kardashian's The Musical. I think it's episode five of season nine. Also this week, I got to sit down with a previous podcast guest and my good buddy, Mark Elric from Tan Lux. And he gave me a bag of uh, new products to try. And girl, that new, and it's called, I've got it in front of me here, that new, the Gloss Illuminating Face and Body Highlighter is next level. I'm gonna put the links in the show notes, but I've been using it every day as my bronzer since, I gave, since he um, gave me the sample. And I think it's what the kids would call lit. Honestly, it is so blendable, so flattering, and honestly, I've been blown away at how pretty it looks on my skin. And again, I'm somebody who, if I use a powder bronzer, it can look a bit streaky, even if I blend, 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 blend. So um, if you like uh, more of a glossy, um, it's not liquid, it's in a solid stick, but if you like that kind of finish, please do click those links in my show notes because I think you might be quite surprised. Um, but back to Sam and Nick, who I caught up with a few weeks ago, and in the pre-show chat, we established that nothing was off the table. So get ready for honest chats, a little bit of fun. We obviously mentioned Guns N' Roses, and I'm not going to apologise for that. But we also talk a whole lot more besides. So here it is, Nick Hayes Chapman and Sam Chapman on The Emma Gunn Show. Well, here I am with Sam and Nick. How how does a girl put on, or a woman indeed, put on her makeup when she knows she's going to be interviewing Sam and Nick from very Pixie well. Woo? Thank you very much. Very good job. That we both even commented and said how lovely you looked. And then I and then I admitted that I had actually taken it off and redone it because I didn't think it was glowy enough. It's, it's very glowy. I love it. Thank you so much, and thank you for joining me. It's an early early start ish, yeah. as it were. Um, and I've long wanted to get you on the show because. You tick so many of my like passion boxes, if that doesn't sound weird. Um, makeup, beauty, uh, great taste in music, both of you. Thank, Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and self-made, self-motivated. There's so much I want to talk about. Um, so where to dive in? And I guess where it all began is probably... Where did it begin? You, you talk, I'm hungover, you talk. <laughs> Okay, so what we're talking about where the YouTube thing began. Even if it's, does it does it start with YouTube or did it? No, not really. We, we're both makeup artists, so it really starts with our aunt who was a makeup artist. When we were growing up, she was doing like Princess Diana, and you know she Holy was hell. yeah she used to David do Bowie. but mostly she did royals, and um, it all seemed like you know, super glamorous. Mm. She was the person in our family that earned the most money and was the most successful. So, And her life seemed really glamorous. It, it <laughs> did seem really glamorous, but I think, you know, whereas at that age, not many people were 
not many people were kind of championed to do something creative. Mostly your family would be like, oh, go and learn to type. You know, because we're going back a bit now. Mm-hmm. I'm 40 this year, so... Me too. Yay! Amazing. Um, when are you 40? December. Oh, you're a little I'm bit older. older. You. Um, yeah, so our family were just completely supportive about us going off and becoming makeup artists. So, and I'm three years older than Nick, so I did it a little bit before her. Went off, assisted our aunt, and just got into it that way. But then, you know, and I did that for ages and ages. And then when I was about eight and a half months pregnant with my second daughter, Olivia. I couldn't physically get close enough to freelance and my back was bloody killing. So I sort of got into the online world and someone asked me how to do a smoky eye and I just thought, oh, I'll film it and put it on YouTube. Mm. And that is how it was born. It was simply an accident. And have people stopped asking you how to do a smoky eye? Well, no, people... people smoky eyes have changed a bit. Yeah, they have. (laughs) Mm. changed a lot. Now it's just a whole full-on face with massive smoky eye and full brows and didn't used to be like I that. I think that the, that the kind of YouTube landscape has changed a mm. lot, you know, because people didn't really know that much about makeup back then and they, they know a lot more now. Mm. Good yeah. advice and bad advice, to yeah. be honest. There's, it used to be a really... I'm not saying it's not a nice community now, but it was very different. Mm. You know, people came to learn, they really enjoyed the whole learning process and actually finding out from start to finish how to put a liner on without it all being cut out and you just get the finished result Mm. it was more of an education back then wasn't it Mm. and and Sam and I were really we were doing it before anyone else really there were just a few people on there but we were makeup artists and we still are but we just enjoyed that process of actually helping people with things that you didn't have someone to teach you mm-hmm. you know it was like having a makeup artist in your bedroom yeah. to say look this is what you do this is how you do it and um we still love that we haven't really digressed from that really have we we've all we still do pretty much real teaching on well there. i think the thing with social media is you whatever you put out you have to be prepared to get an opinion on mm-hmm. right so i won't post stuff that i don't want an opinion on so I won't post stuff about my boyfriend. That's a great, great... I don't give a shit what people think. I yeah. don't, and, and in fact, I just don't welcome it. I don't want to know. Mm. Um, and the only thing I'm interested in, people's opinions on, really, is makeup. Mm. That's what I post. Occasionally I post selfies. and I, don't, it's not, I actually post a lot more selfies than I would like to post. But sadly, that is because um, the Instagram algorithm has changed so much now that the only thing that really gets a lot, gets of, a lot of likes... On my Instagram is that I know so it's, it's, it's true, a horrible it? it makes you look like an absolute utter narcissist <laughs> but w- what can you do I mean this is the job that I that I'm in now mm. yeah I remember so. starting Instagram and someone say you need to put some selfies up there and I was like it's no great. I'm not that kind of person and then you do them and you just and then you do get more likes and you just, mm. it's grim I, I want my I want to reach a wide audience I want people to hear my podcast I've yeah. got to do it that's exactly it I would love people to buy our brushes I get embarrassed taking selfies. Like, you see people just constantly. Yes, my coffee has arrived. Listeners, that is Olivia, lovely Olivia, who's joining us as well. Who may may pipe up, you never know, who's just (laughs) delivered some coffee and a peppermint tea for the girls. Thank you very much. I can't remember what we were talking about. We were talking about selfies and Instagram. Yeah, I get so embarrassed taking selfies. So embarrassed. I'm a 36-year-old woman and I get embarrassed holding a camera there and posing that I just very rarely do. Mm. I don't very often take them unless I'm on my own. 
because I just find it really and it's what I do for a living I just I see other people doing it and I think oh fair play but I also think there's so much else going on yeah so much more than being extremely extremely good looking (laughs) (laughs) well when we were at the um, multi-tech launch so Mm. you just referenced your brushes they are the shit they are aren't they thank you I mean I, I feel like there are several brushes in there that if they ever discontinued I would, I would come round your house. <laughs> I would. Get you some backups. <laughs> Genuinely. They are so good. And at multi-tag, I was like, how can they improve on real techniques? And I am obsessed. Oh, thanks. Absolutely obsessed. But we had a conversation there, which really made my heart swell with joy because you, saw, you said something that I'd sort of been thinking but hadn't crystallised, which is the whole thing about contouring and this whole drag makeup on girls. Yeah. And about how... I think you said something like, correct me if I'm putting words into your mouth, but it's like, it's makeup that proves that boys have won or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's the look that says the boys have won. And I didn't actually... I'll tell you who said that to me. Terry Barber from MASH. Oh, so I was at dinner with him and we were having a very big conversation about this. And, and when he said that, I was like, you know what? That is exactly what that look is. Mm. It's not, it's, it, you know, yes, it's great if you feel good in the makeup, but quite often it doesn't feel like it's about you. Mm. It feels like it's about what what you want the world to see. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's no kind of vulnerability in there. It's just like every single, every single part of your face is done. That's not an aesthetic that I like in mm. makeup because, and we are talking about my opinion here. Yeah. So there'll be tons of people that won't agree, and that's absolutely fine. If you want to wear your makeup like that and it makes you feel great, that's fine. Mm. But from my perspective, makeup always looks nicest when you leave one element free. Mm. So whether you go for a smoky eye and you leave skin free, or you leave lips free, or you don't put much on your brows, when you leave one free, it gives you a nice balance. When you fill every single space on your face with makeup, it looks like. Um, it looks overdone mm. and staged and also everyone looks the same everyone looks the same it's yeah. a real shame but then I also think shit I made mistakes when I was younger and it is norm. it's mostly the under 25s yeah. do you know what I mean that are doing it and, and they might not think it is mistakes but you do look back on things and you're like what was I doing mm. with my hair what was I doing with yeah. this and that so so maybe it's just a phase that we go through and I think you, you know, make mistakes but you don't have the pressure of, of it of, being everywhere because look you know as a 40 year old woman I'm able to look at people's Instagrams and go that is a snapshot of their life and mm. they probably spent five minutes taking that photo yeah. and that doesn't represent what their life is but a lot of people aren't able to do mm. that they look at an Instagram feed and they think you know it's a normal thing to go on six holidays a year and to unbox a Chanel bag and mm. but this is not real life that's not you know life. what you see on social media is not even close to being anything that any of these people live or that we live do you know what I mean completely completely I would I I couldn't afford a Chanel bag now like in all honesty I couldn't maybe I could but I wouldn't buy one because <laughs> you know I mean and I certainly, certainly feel incredibly uncomfortable about that show of wealth. Mm. Yeah. Because that's not realistic. And I have a 12-year-old daughter mm. who looks at this stuff and might think that that is normal. It's not. I think it must not. be really hard having particularly teenage daughters who... I remember 
like saving up for a laptop. Yeah. And actually, there was one in my dad's office that was sort of old and broken, and I tried for months to try and unlock it so I could just write a Word document when I was at journalism college. And now it's the assumption that, well, you get a Mac, that's your entry, yeah. entry point to a laptop. And this is, what, 15, 20 years ago when I was doing that. And I do think, God, it, the materialism... It's a, it's a whole new level. But yeah. I, it's, just, it's just massive pressure on, on young people to be, be somewhere, be something. You know, my daughter walked into the room the other day and she had... You know, bear in mind I'm a makeup artist she, and she takes no notice of anything I say, ever. Nothing. <laughs> she shaved her eyebrows. Like, Did honestly. She? Yeah, I know. I was fuming after I told her. <laughs> what the whole thing? Oh, God. I, can't, I, can't, I honestly can't get into it. I'm still too annoyed. Um, but she walked into my room the other day with full, full foundation and full contouring on. And I was like, oh, darling, that's, that's a lot. You know, you don't need all that contouring. She's like, I do, Mum. My face is fat. And I was like, what, where, you know, this is so worrying. You're yeah. 12 and you're looking, thinking your face is fat. I don't remember the first time I thought my face was fat. I definitely wasn't also, 12. I was probably more like 16. Yeah. <laughs> it's also not like you haven't given her lessons and you're not quite lenient with her and wearing makeup. But still the peer pressure is there to wear more yeah, and yeah. thicker and heavier and you know I've seen you and you've even done a video with her showing her how to wear a makeup which she looked gorgeous but it's just a different mindset for them they feel different about it they want to be the same as their friends and you just have to be there for them to see them through it really it's the analysis as well isn't it I think when we were kids and we <laughs> it does seem like a complete different world but you go to Boots and you get photos developed and if, you know, you'd look at yourself and you understood that it might be a bad angle and you yeah. probably wouldn't overthink it. You just But it also wasn't out there for everyone to see it. You know, now it's out there for everyone. And that's like, can be mortifying for people. Mm. Especially if they're not ready for it. Like Sam and I are very lucky. When we started doing social media, we were women. We were mm. grown-ups that had had shit in our lives and could deal with it and we were together and we were quite confident girls but now you've got young people doing it and that's you know I don't think anything prepares you for the hate that you can get mm. you know it's, it's just a weird job to do and it's a weird job where it requires an awful lot of grounding mm. because um, firstly a lot of people have a lot of opinions on you secondly you're going to get sent if you become popular if you do well, you're going to get sent a lot of free stuff, mm. you know, and that, and you have to stay kind of grounded about that. Thirdly, there is a lot of money in social media right now. So essentially it's like the old days of advertising, which you and I would remember mm. when there was pots and pots of cash. It's like that in yeah. social media, but it won't always be like that. And, you know, the other thing is you won't always maintain that audience. You can't mm. possibly. It's like people that that watch EastEnders for years and then flip onto Coronation Street, people get bored and they mm. move. So, it, you know, it's like, it's just a weird fame. And if you're young and you've got nobody to watch you or talk to you or, or to kind of explain to you these things, I can see that, that this job could be what depression is made of later on in life. Mm. Because, because it's a bit like 
footballers. It's exactly like footballers and footballers supermodels. leave when they're 14, taken away from their family, they get given all this stuff, and then when they're 30, sometimes 25, their career's up, and they've had so much, and then, unless they've been wise and really, really made it successful, they have nothing to show for it at the end. Mm. And it's kind of like, how can you be given so much at such a young age and then take it all away and expect to not have depression or something? Mm. Do you know what I mean? Not expect to, but just be able to deal not with that. Not for it to and affect you. And I know you. so many um, ex-footballers that have depression now. And it's really, it's, really sad. It's kind of like, you know, I feel really lucky that we've done a lot of jobs that were frankly shit and we hated because it, it gives you that grounding. Mm. Whereas if you go straight in, if your entry level is like social media earning a fortune, where can you go from there? Mm. You know, you haven't, you haven't, you know, nothing to kind of ground you. Yeah. And that isn't sustainable. Is not the in the slightest. It's just not. So, you know, we're lucky we went into it and we were like, well, okay, we'll just take each day as it comes. And essentially, when it's over, we go back to being makeup artists, mm. which we love and we'll be happy with that. You know. When when you started yeah. and you with the YouTube and social media and everything, it was obviously a nice place and there there is lots of talk actually about the good old days when there was a really nice community and there were just positive people engaging in what you were doing. Um, when do you remember the first time you got trolled, or and how how you dealt with it? Were you surprised by it? Um, I think I think we laughed. No, I don't know. I mean, I, I can remember. I can remember um, being quite surprised. I can remember feeling quite body conscious for for a little while, mm-hmm. and that's something that I'd never really felt before because I've always been quite confident about mm-hmm. me. I mean, I, I had much bigger boobs when I was younger, and that was an issue. Um, but, you know, not on social media, you only see the head. But mm. people will say things like, your nose is wonky or blah, 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 blah. You know, and it's stuff that you've never noticed about yourself. Mm. And you probably don't need to know. And mm. people would never say to you in real life anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you do thicken up, don't mm. you? I mean, your skin thickens up really, really quickly. And then you're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. It's, it's the ones that are little light passing comments that hurt the most like I had someone when I did a drag tutorial say if I saw you I'd shoot you in the head da, 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 da. and that didn't bother me because it was ridiculous yes, you know I mean they yeah, said I, extreme, would, yeah. I would all this stuff that they would do to me and I thought okay well that's extreme but it's when they niggle at something that you are slightly unconfident about yeah, yeah. like I don't know, like, your teeth are so crooked, your voice is so irritating, which I get a lot. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, Sam, but, did you take over? No, <laughs> do you know, when people, people say it, and I'm like, well, there's not really anything I can do about that, but you can do something about it. Mm. You just not listen. Yeah. Or just watch someone else. Sometimes yeah. they write on, on videos, because we do a video each every week, like, oh, alternate. Yeah. Sometimes they write, oh, not you again, I prefer the other <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> But I always say this as well. People always say, um, "Oh, your sister! Oh, your sister, Sam! Sam, you're so beautiful, and Dick, you're really funny." And I always think, "Fuck off!" <laughs> <laughs> it always makes me laugh. So I'm like, "Oh, Sam, Sam, you're so gorgeous, and Nick." I like your side profile. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching one of your lives the other day. You were doing, I think, is it like, I think it was like mid morning. And you were in your wardrobe and you were doing... 
Oh, I was doing my makeup, was I? You were doing your makeup, and then some people started to say some dicky things to yeah, you. I know. And I love the fact that you were just chatting, chatting, and you went, yeah, fuck off. And just <laughs> <laughs> they said, for jaw, I'm doing my eyeliner now, screw you, with like, these little things. Someone said something about their, their penis. And I said, I bet it's tiny anyway. Carried on. Yes, you did, you did. <laughs> Put it away, it's too small to show anyway. Carried where, on. So where does the... Um, because there's obviously some self-confidence here and um, I always call it being rooted into the earth. Like, if you're rooted into the earth, then someone's nasty comments can't make you yeah. sway and knock you. Um, where does that come from? Do you know, I think that we are... Our mum is brilliant. She's really strong. And also, we have amazing friends. Mm. You know... We're, we're not... Even with our friends as well, we, we, we take the mickey out of each other and we're not ashamed to, but we love each other deep down. Do you know what I mean? We have a good banter. Mm. And I think that we are quite open as well, girls. So I think when you're open and you don't really have much to hide, you don't... It makes yeah. it easier in a way, do you know what I mean? To be you. So I don't think yeah. we have any major... I don't know. Why, do you have any major secrets that you feel like you're hiding? Oh, I don't know. I do like to keep things secret. You're more private than me, aren't you? But, um, yeah, I don't know where that comes from, to be honest. I don't. I think it must, must be mum. Yes, probably, from having siblings. So how many, how many of you are there, just to clarify? Four. There are four. Two girls, two boys. Two girls, two boys. The boys are seven years younger than me, ten years younger than Sam. So we kind of mothered them, didn't we, for a long time. We're hoping that one day they will turn. They'll return, you know, like when your kids grow up and they start to buy you dinner, things like that, <laughs> one day. Do you just all regress when you're together? Yeah, Just big yeah. sister roles, little brothers? I don't know. We went out with Jim and Tan last night, yeah. didn't we? Um, and Jim didn't like it when I told him that he never used to go to the bar, did he? No, he did not like that. He did not like that. <laughs> he does now, just for the record, Jim is always the first one yeah, to go to yeah. the bar now. And you said, yeah, the bar, the bar man's giving you evils, Jim. <laughs> She haven't been to see him yet. But we, John and Jim used to be quite slow dough. We wouldn't get to the bar. Slow dough. Yeah, slow dough. I love that. <laughs> Just used to rely on their big sisters. But we always bailed them out. Still do sometimes. Yeah. But that's families for you. It is families. Um, I wanted to talk to you about anxiety because you did that video together, which for me, it seamlessly into what we're talking about, about family. Because I watched it... Mm. And I remember I commented on it, and you very kindly said, you know, if you ever want to chat. That was the first time I'd ever really said anything about what I was going through, because I was dealing with this thing for about 18 months, and I had no idea what was wrong with me. I kept going to the GP and was like, there's something wrong. Yeah. I am dying. Please yeah. help. And everything that you said was like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Oh, my God, this is amazing. And because I know of you and look up to you, it was a real comfort to know that, you experienced it too. And then when you came into the video and you said, I just heard excuses, it was like, oh my God. I've yeah. been so good at lying to everybody to cover it all up. Um, how are you with anxiety now? I just had the worst, probably I would say the worst spell of anxiety in my life the last, maybe what, two months? Mm. But I'm all right now. It's the last three days, I feel like I've sort of been, been with me that much the last two months. Well, what happens is when I have... I mean, our stepdad passed away mm. um, and we took a little bit of time out. And when I have a lot of time, 
I can overthink things so terribly and put mm. myself into all sorts of terrible situations. And that's essentially what happened. I just overthought things and made myself incredibly anxious. Couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, lost a load of weight. Mm. Um, and, it, and it's just been awful. But actually, the last, what, three days... Although you have just had a caffeine coffee, which is why I said when she ordered one, are you sure you want caffeine? Because I'm like the little one on her shoulder going, are you sure you need that? Because caffeine is a real trigger for you, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, when you have, like, these emotional situations that go on sometimes, Mm. and and especially for me, if I feel like certain situations are out of my control, Mm. that's when it can spiral. So my anxiety is all around not being in control Mm. of situations. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I'm much better now at being vocal about it when I'm struggling mm. so that everyone knows, Yeah, you know, and I don't want to go on. You, you've also started seeing someone about it, yeah. which I think is yeah. really important. Yeah, I started seeing a counsellor about it, um, because obviously this stuff comes from our childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's good to talk to someone. You know, I've, I've never been, I've never been one of those people that talks. Mm-hmm. I've always been someone that bottles it up. And to be honest, I've had anxiety all my life, but I never knew I had anxiety. Yeah. Because I I didn't know that... I sort of felt like everyone felt like that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I had nothing to put it... put it Probably manifest in different things as well, in different yeah. ways as you've grown up and yeah. grown up. And to be honest, YouTube was what made me realise that I had anxiety because I saw Tanya talk about it and I saw Zoe talk about it. And when I started to look it up and look at the symptoms, I realised I had every single one of those mm. and that maybe this wasn't normal. You know, initially I thought it was depression. It's not depression. It's not the same thing. Mm. So, you know, you go on, if you go on medication for anxiety, they give you, they give you depression. Mm. Um, I wonder medication. what the statistics are of how many people that have anxiety because I know a lot. Of people that have it, it's just you part know, of it's, but it's just a different and different strains of it. Do you know, yeah. I mean, people think it has to be in one one way. There's so many different triggers that mm. you know. Some people's is going in lifts and stuff like yeah. that creates a real anxious feeling. My husband can't gets really anxious with anything like that, any pressure mm. whatsoever. But it's really interesting the different strains that people have. I think it's part of modern life. The more pressure mm. we put on each other. But, you know, like, you're never away from your mobile phone. Mm. You know, people can always contact you. The other day, I've really got into watching Lewis again. You know, the old detective thing on Netflix. And I've got nine series to work through, so it's massively exciting. <laughs> and I always just, do this and you have a long one. I was watching it on my mobile phone and all these notifications kept coming in, you know, like Twitter, Instagram, emails. I just went into my notifications and turned them all off. Mm. And I was like, I just felt this weight lifted, you know, it was just so nice to just go, nobody can get me. I don't even ever have my arm, but only because I didn't know that you could. I use my do not disturb function now. Oh yeah, I should just do that. And just have, so my brother, my mum and my dad can call me. That's it. That's the only thing oh, that will come that's through. That's a good idea. And if I'm feeling, because I, I, I like you, I realise that my anxiety levels have always lapped close to the flood wall. And then yeah. a couple of years ago, it just, absolute It blows you away when that happens. Mm. Because you don't know how to deal with it at all. Completely unexpected. No. So what does it feel like, anxiety? Um, it's like nails on a chalkboard. It's like you've drunk too many coffees. So like uh, you've had It's like a night. feeling in your stomach that's... It'd be different for everyone, but for mm. me, it's like... It's like I can't breathe. It's not a panic attack for me, but it's, but it's like pressure in my stomach and an uneasy feeling mm. that you can't... You never feel relaxed... 
And you're yeah. okay, so a bit like, like I don't have it, so I'm just wondering. So a bit like after you've been out and had a really heavy night on alcohol, you wake up the next day and you think, oh my god, without the vomiting, what oh, did I say? Last beer, night? fear times a yeah. hundred. Yeah. What did I say last night? Oh my god, did I offend someone? Oh my god, I shouldn't ever drink again. That, but worse. I would say so. Mine is definitely like solar plexus. Yeah, really. And my blood pressure was through the roof. And I went, I went to the nurse at my GP's to go get my blood pressure taken. And she said, your blood pressure's quite high. It's a bit worrying. And I just burst into tears. Even, I just couldn't, just even a little bit of information like that tipped me over the edge. Because I was like, that's a new thing to worry about. Absolutely. After our stepdad, Brian, passed away, I convinced myself I had cancer. <laughs> I convinced myself mm. because I couldn't, I couldn't swallow properly, right? I just, and I still can't, you know, I couldn't clear my throat and I couldn't swallow properly and I was convinced I'm going to go to the doctors and they're going to tell Mm. me that I've got like six months to live because that's what happened to Brian. And uh, I went one day to the doctors and he was like, you're you're fine. I'm going to give you this um, steroid nasal spray. And I wasn't happy, so I went back the next day and saw a different doctor, and she was absolutely lovely, and she sat down with me, and, she, and we went through everything, and she, she asked me about Brian and everything that had happened. She really felt my throat, and she said, this is anxiety. Not being able to clear your throat, not being able to swallow, that's, mm. just, that's just another you know, part of being anxious, which I'd never had before. But it just was huge that it was now manifesting itself in a physical way which it mm. hadn't before mm. you don't realize how powerful the mind is when I was younger um I had a boyfriend that cheated on me and I um I had a boyfriend that cheated on me and I I've gone oh, you're right, you're <laughs> and I every time I ate I'd be sick afterwards it wasn't my fault I didn't mean to do it it just had affected me in a way that every time I ate I'd be like I'm not going to be able to keep this down, I'm not going to be able to keep this down, I'm going to be sick, I'm going to be sick, and I'd physically be sick. And this went on for about six months or so. And um, I said to my mum, I don't know I don't know what's going on, I don't know why this keeps happening. And it was all in my head. And I went to the doctors and they gave me a barium meal where you drink a drink and they see what's going on. They mm. said, there's absolutely nothing wrong with you. And I never had it again. It was like, it's just amazing how powerful the mind is that it, it really can is. cause you... And stress can cause you to have these things that you don't that aren't even mm. slightly linked, and you know that's why I totally understand how you know I don't have anxiety, but I understand how powerful the mind is that it can trigger all sorts of stuff mm. for you and all sorts of issues where you can't explain. Mm. You know, like you having the lump and thinking, you know, well, of course things like that can happen because they're in your mind so much. Mm. I interviewed. Um a life coach, hypnotherapist, motivational speaker, Marissa Peer before Christmas. And it was my first podcast of 2017, actually. And I just listened to her YouTube videos and her talks on a loop for about three days beforehand as my research. And I genuinely felt, and the reason why I teared up when you were talking then is I genuinely felt like that changed my life, just meeting her and talking to her. Because she talked about having a positive dialogue in your head. And the dialogue I was having with myself was really vicious. Mm. And um, in 2013, my mum had breast cancer. And I don't think I'd ever really come to terms with it or dealt with it. I just buried it. And so when the anxiety 
appeared I was convinced I was dying like I, yeah. when you said that I, I kept going to the doctors like please can you check me I'm worried I'm not doing it right I thought my stomach went so I was convinced that that was something just constantly just like there's got to be something wrong and then that podcast or doing that interview with her made me realize this was stuff I was telling myself mm. absolutely it's unbelievable you know I I'd had this dialogue with myself which was essentially like because it because what happened with Brian was everyone's worst nightmare. It was like, oh, I've got a bit of a stomach ache, which he had for a little while. Doctors said, you've got indigestion. Then eventually it didn't go away and they said, you've got six months to live. And that's everyone's worst nightmare, especially when you've got kids, mm. you know. And so I just, I was having this, like, what will I do if, if I've got six months to live? And, and you, can, you can just spiral that. You can go with that for... It can end up all sorts of crazy places. Mm. And it doesn't matter what people say around you. And I think sometimes... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You know, people might say, oh, buck up or snap out of it. You absolutely can't. No. Somebody can't bollock you. (laughs) It's it's just the most... Nobody could have have got me out of it, but that doctor was brilliant. Mm. She knew exactly what she was doing, and she just sat there and she talked to me, and I cried, and she could see exactly what was going Mm. on, and I was just lucky that she had had the foresight to do that because Mm. I wouldn't have known that that was linked to anxiety if it wasn't for that I would still be absolutely Mm. adamant convinced that they just weren't taking me seriously and that's where talking actually the talking therapy Mm. like counselling or whatever therapy really helps because sometimes saying it out loud helps you piece it together because you can say it in your head and it spirals yeah you say it out loud to a third person and suddenly you go oh a equals a leads to b not c Mm. yeah that's your your thing is that you you don't say she won't you won't talk about things do you very no much. I don't but also my my coping methods everything I learned about how to deal with things was learned in the most stressful time of my life so between zero and 15 when I when I was at home with a very controlling dad in a domestic violence situation so my my coping methods are just completely outdated. I'm running on a very old operating system. Mm. So I have to learn new ways to deal with things because because all it's it's been fine. It's it's worked up until now to to only be in control of things. So the whole my whole life has been geared around making my own decisions mm. because I felt so trapped as a kid. 
that's why I'm self-employed, that's why I'm so motivated, blah, 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 because that freedom makes me not feel trapped and mm. feeling trapped makes me anxious. Mm. But it's worked great up until now, but now it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. You see what I mean? So yeah, because you're to, not in that situation. No. So I'm, I'm seeing a therapist who is helping me to, to renegotiate those paths, to learn new paths to deal with these things, mm. more sensible ones that yeah. aren't so kind of, um, you know, snap judgment. Mm. Because I do that, you know. It's just like, I don't want to do that. It's muscle memory, isn't it? Muscle memory of what you are so used to doing and having to not do your reflex. Yeah. And take a moment and think, which is quite... Trying to be more pragmatic and less less emotionally driven. Are you reading loads about it? Uh, No, because I just want... I just trust my therapist Mm. and I don't want to... Um, dilute it or mm. yeah because if I, if I start reading about it I'll just read and read and read mm. and read and then you'll take control back because you'll yeah. find your own way to yeah to right. Sam is a massive control freak but massive yeah but, but you know <laughs> and, and, I am. and to get where we are that's been fantastic you know is that, has that been part of the magic of because I've said to you beforehand you're, you're self made you rode yeah. a, you rode the crest of a wave of something really new and different mm. and not just new and different but no one could have predicted what happened it was a complete the the youtube thing if you yeah. like how did you capitalize on it like how do you did you know that right we've got an opportunity here did you see it right off we can no, make no. just like doing it i like doing it <laughs> we didn't it even me... think to capitalize on no. it for a really long time and then it was almost like people were saying to us you know well, you can do this. You know you can make money. We'd be like, yeah, we don't really care about that. We just enjoy it. And then your techniques started. Yeah. That was really... Yeah, I mean, I'd like to say that we knew from the beginning, but we didn't. We had no idea. And we, it was the first time that Nick and I were actually able to be in a room without punching each other in the face. <laughs> I mean, honestly, we, it was the one thing that... Well, I don't, I don't know if we would have really punched each other we in did, the face. We did, that did happen. Yeah, that has happened. That has happened on a few occasions. Well, not since we started doing YouTube. But yeah, that was before. That was before YouTube, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. But um, I think as you just get older, you realise actually I have got more in common with my sister than I thought. Mm. And yeah, I'm not just the annoying little sister. Sometimes I am, but not all the time. <laughs> not all the time. But I think yeah, it was it was more us getting on and realising actually we're mates and we do something that we love, and then. The rest all flowed. We never looked for it. I do feel, though, if you... If you... Right, so... Okay, uh, we've talked a lot about the fact that I have anxiety, but actually, also, we're both very positive people, Mm. even though I have spells where I'm very anxious. Generally, I feel if you do have a positive outlook, you will attract good energy. Yeah. And I I do... I sort of feel... also, that, that might be the case. Also, also together we're a force. Mm. You know, together we're hardcore. Mm. You know, yeah. we, we filmed a video the other day and we don't stand for anything. Don't shit. say what it was for. No, we filmed this a video is what I like the other about day. You both, yeah. And um, we, we got a cameraman in for once and something hadn't happened. Something hadn't been said. It was out of our control, it was someone else's fault. And we lost the plot in front of the cameraman. <laughs> we won on the, the phone. phone. Having a proper, 
proper meltdown. Not at the person. Like, we were saying, why can't they just do that? Da-da-da-da-da. It wasn't at the actual person. So it wasn't, we didn't feel bad about it because it wasn't, mm. it was like just telling them. And we got off the phone and he said, I love that you two literally stand for no shit. Mm. And we were like, oh, didn't even realise that we... He said, he said, most people say they're going to say that, but then they never say it. <laughs> <laughs> that takes balls. That takes balls. I think balls. being sisters and... and that's the way we are. I think, yeah. I mean, like we're 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 okay at saying exactly what we think now. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, br- that's we never want to offend anyone. And, and if we're doing a job, we'll be first in, last to leave, mm. work our asses yeah, off, we be really, really super professional because that's how we've been brought up. That's mm. how we had to work when we were makeup artists. That's how we are. But we also are not afraid to say, do you know what? I know my job. I've done it for eight, nine years. I can, I can do that and I can do that or I can't do it. You know, but I won't this do was that. your job. Yeah. You had one job. Yeah. <laughs> and, I even, and I even called you and said, can you make sure you do this for me? So, yeah, it's a... Uh... But not to dismiss that, let's just go back because there might be listeners who find it really difficult not to edit themselves. Yeah. So... To those people, and I'm definitely one of them who sort of, you know, pads around a subject yeah. and then delivers my actual feelings. Are there any... I oh, said tips sound so sort of vague, but what's the key to it? You'll always offend someone. You will always offend someone, so just, just accept it. Just, like, man up and go, well, someone's going to be annoyed. And the thing is, if you constantly dilute yourself... It just makes you boring, mm. right? And I've been there because for a long time I tried to please the people on social media. And do you know what? It makes your content dull as shit. It really does. So you've got to do what you want to do, mm. only what you want to do, and not try and please people. Yeah. That's the only way that you get passion in what you do and the only way that it comes across as being new and fresh because only you can be you. Mm. I don't give a shit about unicorns. I'm not going to do a or unicorn. Cupcake. Like, if I eat a cupcake, jeez, I wouldn't be able to wear any of the clothes that I've got. One cupcake, even smelling one, would make me fat instantly. Well, you're on this major health kick at the moment. I That's keep... why I just don't like cupcakes, because I'm on a health kick. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to... Yeah. But I, I work out to make me feel happy. Mm. Weirdly. It's not for any other reason, because I'm actually quite happy with the lower part of my body um but <laughs> i work out to because i love it mm. i literally enjoy it it gets me going in first thing in the morning i just love it it's clinically proven mental health mm-hmm. it is it make, yeah. sorry i'm eating melon sorry. it makes me not as mental i think it's really i just mm. love it if I, but then you get into this whole thing of feeling mental if you don't train for a day Mm, yeah. Oh my god. It's balance. Everything is about finding balance. It's about even yeah. when it's saying what you want to say, it's about finding the balance, saying it in a way that yes, you understand someone's going to be offended, but it's important to you Absolutely. to say what you think. Everything is about balance. I think you you know Yeah, it's so easy. People get offended by all sorts of things. Yeah. Someone will moan that you just said mental. A lot of the time I feel mental. Mm. I am a bit mental. You know, that's fine. I like that word. Yeah. It sums me up perfectly. If someone's going to be offended by it, it's not my problem. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm and their definition is different from yours, absolutely. therefore you shouldn't edit yourself to use mental in the way that they use it. Absolutely. It's, it's you know, 
people will find anything to moan about because everyone has a, pla- a platform now, mm. you know, and too much time. Yeah. What's the saying? If you haven't got anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Mm. But that doesn't seem to apply on... No, not really. But, the, you know, the thing is, everyone has, has the right to say whatever they want and I have the right to ignore everything you say. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I have the right to not give a shit. Mm. And generally, that is that is. Yeah, we quite how often we don't give a shit. No. What okay. I noticed about you, and it flagged up for me the other night when we were out, is you don't just sort of sit and listen and go, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. You question things, which is a really good quality because it just made me think, oh god, those girls, and I assumed that you were the same, really know what they stand for. So when they are hearing something, they do. They do know how they feel about it. They yeah. don't get swayed by other people. I like to listen to other people's opinions on things, mm-hmm. but generally I trust my gut. Mm. I always trust Nick when it comes to um, people. People. She's really, really good at reading people, and her first impressions are often quite right, whereas I'm just always... You know, I, I'm, I don't really do that. Mm. I just go in and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're an absolute dick to me, you're all right. You know what I mean? But, but Nick is a very good judge of character, I would say. What do you th- Talk me through that. Is that literally just like you get a sense from someone's... I know a lot of people say, oh, they've got nice eyes or... No, no, it's their, um, I think, more mannerisms and... I'm just... You're very intuitive, I think. I, yeah, and I also think from growing up, in the environment that we did, domestic violence, we notice everything because you have to. Do you know what I mean? You have mm. to trigger someone's mood when you walked into a it's room. It's like a self-preservation yeah. thing, isn't you it? You know, Sam and I are, when we go in somewhere, we always will make sure we know the exit in case something happens. I don't mean to know that. I just know. I will know if people are arguing behind me, I will have clocked it. But that's just because we... From the age of up to 15, that's what we lived with. So I think we just take things in. So I will walk into a room and and I'll notice someone's, how they're talking to someone else and if they're being rude or whatnot. And I'll be like, and then they might be really nice to us, which I find super false. So I I clock a lot of what's going on. I don't mean to. It's not something I intend to do. I just pick up a lot of information. It it is truly a sixth sense. And my brother was telling me about. this story about this fireman who had been... I think he was in the States and he'd been going into burning buildings for years. And he just walked into this building and went, everybody out. His whole crew was in there, everyone out right now. And he couldn't give them a reason why. He just said, everybody get out. And they got out and the place just fell. And it was a sense of something doesn't feel right. And when he tracked it through, it was like the floor was too hot or something. He could tell that there was actually something coming up from underneath. And and it's the same with... um, it's quite different, but have you seen The Hurt Locker? I haven't, no. So the bomb disposal experts, in, in they just have, they develop this sense of, it's not just about that, it's about the things that are going on mm. around you. And I do believe that people's sixth sense about um, picking up on people's mood, etc. They're really strong and you have to listen yeah. to it. Yeah, we had to, as, as children, we had to know what was going on um, so that we could just make ourselves scarce. And I, we still do that now, but I, I obviously do it with people as well. And Sam always says, I always trust what you think. Um, but it's not something I mean to do. I just... You can tell whether someone's very, very warm. I'm quite a warm person, so mm. I can tell whether someone's putting it on or not. 
Mm. And do you withdraw in that situation? Do you? Do, how do you? I am. Um, I'm. I'm polite, but I just hold back. Yeah, mm. hold back. I think is the, is the yeah. way. Uh, um, you know, it, it's so it's so interesting. You don't really think about it, but I do know people often say to me, "You're a really good judge of character." I'm like, "Oh, am I?" Because of quality. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, okay, thanks. So yeah, good for a partner siblings and families other halves as well <coughs> yes <laughs> I've had that situation where uh, somebody came into the room and I just went oh no oh no and I just it was this complete sixth sense not even, just energy not a word had emerged and I was proven right yeah I can't be around people that bring that into the room and you're constantly on edge I just have to leave the room do you know what I mean you have certain people that come into a room and they leave they put this kind of awe around that you're like you just want to niggle at people mm. I need to leave the room now so I just take myself away from that that in itself is I just feel like I'm labouring on this but knowing that the thing to do is to leave is great because I think sometimes I mean you've been makeup artists on yeah. shoots sometimes you can have those mood hoovers as Jules von Hepp yeah. <laughs> um, calls them and you can sometimes get drawn into trying to please them but the fact that you have the presence of mind to go I'm leaving you where you are with your own issues and I'm just going to back off is a real I attract strength. people like that don't I? I yeah you do I attract people that want a little bit of my positivity it's yeah. really interesting needy people yeah I think the thing with being a makeup artist actually is obviously it's important to be good at makeup mm. but it is more important to be good with people yeah and you when you go into a room you know your job is obviously to make that person look the best they can but also, it's to make sure that that person is ready to be photographed, to be filmed, yeah. or whatever. So you go into it and you have... When you're, when you're doing your initial consultation and you're talking to them, you have, you know, five minutes to figure out who this person mm. is and who you need to be for yeah. this person. Because you can't go into it being you all the time. Some people don't want to talk. Mm. Some people do want to talk. Some people don't really want to be touched. Some people love a little massage. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. so you, you gauge it very, very quick and you adapt your personality so that you are not going to irritate the shit out of them. Mm. That's what you do. You can't spend a whole day with them so you absolutely. Well get on. So it's, it, it's been very useful. Just, it's just a great life skill to have. Mm. You know, because you are able to just go into a room and go, right, okay, that's what I need to be for you. Isn't that interesting? <clears throat> As opposed to wanting the person to like you you just go right my yep. job is yeah. it's not about me mm. at all it's all about you and it's lovely to be able to do that and I must admit having worked on so many shoots the bond between whoever's being shot and the makeup artist is always amazing absolutely I've rarely been on a shoot where there's been they haven't got on it's like it's almost yeah. I always walk in and think have they known each other for years and often it would have been they would have met half an hour earlier. So a lot of trust involved mm. in having someone that close to your face, yeah. you know, and having them, you know, do your makeup, put put the products on your face, use brushes that they've used on other people. They have mm. to be clean. You know what I mean? There's a massive amount of trust involved yeah. in just letting someone else make you look the best that you can look. Mm. It's a gift you're giving them. It is a gift. Ish. <laughs> um, I was watching the um, video on the homepage of your YouTube channel. Yeah. And I got quite choked up because it looks like it's been a wild ride. It looks mm -hmm. like it's been so much fun. Yeah. And 
you've done TV shows. There was something which I couldn't figure out what it was where you had surgical masks hanging off. What was that? Oh, oh that was the We did a documentary with the BBC and we went to LA and watched some surgery. Mm-hmm. So that was that, yeah, that was pretty amazing. What surgery did you watch? Facelift, nose <gasps> job. Um, we only watched a bit of it. It was full, pretty grim. Yeah. yeah, full. 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 Yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. You know, every day is different. And we're so lucky. We're so lucky to have experienced the things that we to, have. To do it as sisters as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. To, and, and actually, when we're at home, we very rarely talk about work because we talk about it so much when we're together and we're working, which is even better. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, we get it all out of the way. And yeah. then when we're with mum, it doesn't really come up. No. It's just... But we're very lucky to have had all these experiences that we can share together and that we don't really need to talk about because they're both in our minds. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're both in both of our brains. I don't need to explain to Sam how something happened and how amazing it was because she was there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's really nice. We're very, very lucky to have had the highs and the lows, although there's not been many. I can't even think of it. Not any. really. We're so lucky to be in this position. We're, we're, you know, we're able to pick our kids up from school, take them to school every day and you know, work whenever we want to, and a lot of people don't have that luxury. Mm. So, yeah, every day's amazing for us, mm. I think. If someone's listening to this podcast and they have a passion that they want to pursue, whether it's in makeup, beauty, whatever mm. it might be, candle making, what advice would you give them about doing that? Uh, f- for me personally, I would say people focus too much on the end goal of making money. And I know that's easy to say because now we do make money, but we didn't make any money for the first two years of doing what we do. We didn't know there was money to be made, you know. So I wouldn't focus on that as being the end goal. If you actually have a passion, then the middle ground has to be that passion. You have to do that, do that, do that. And eventually, if you love that so much, then you will make money from it. Mm. But don't focus A to B, which is money, Mm. because... I feel like that's quite a soulless journey. Mm. I know people that do that. I know bankers that do that. Their goal is to make money. Mm -hmm. And that middle part is just unhappiness because you don't know, you don't have a thing. Do you know what I mean? You don't have a passion other than getting the money and spending the money. And and if it's your passion, do it. Mm. You know, a lot of people say, oh, I would love to have done that. Well, you could have. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? A lot of the people, when we started... um, when we started our YouTube channel, I was working full-time and doing freelance. So I was working seven days a week, so I was doing freelance on my two days off. Wow. And then overnight, I'd get home living in London, couldn't afford my rent, so that's why I was working so much. Get home overnight and film a video, which I would then upload to YouTube. And it was a lot, and people would be like, why, why do you work so much? Why don't you have a day off? And I was like, well, it's not really work. I really love it. I really mm. enjoy it. And I didn't know if it would come to anything. I didn't even think about it. I just loved it. And it was, it was me putting makeup on me, which I was really enjoying finding different ways of doing that. Mm. And actually looking at pictures of other people and then trying to make my makeup like theirs was really progressing my makeup skill at the same time. Yeah. Um, but those people that were saying, why are you doing this? You, not nasty, but I don't understand why you would do that. Let's go to the pub. They are now nine years later starting YouTube channels hmm. and, and you know it wasn't it wasn't something that I'd thought about but you, if you have a passion for something then unless you do that passion hmm. 
you're never going to get somewhere with it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And if you just say, oh, I would have loved to have done that, what's to stop you from doing it? You know, if you say, oh, you know, I'm a writer, I would write a book. Do it then. Write the book. Write the book. Mm. Because you're only going to be upset when someone else does it and succeeds and has similar ideas to you and yours doesn't happen. Yeah. Do it. You know, it's not easy. No one said it was easy. Mm. But anything worth ha- having is worth working hard for. You know what I yeah. mean? It's definitely not easy. We've both done... We've had five-year plans for ten years. Yeah. And also we, you know, like Nick said, you know, we, when we were making no money, we were still working. Yeah. We had to have, like, second or third jobs in order to fund what we were doing, essentially. Mm. So it's not been easy. Plus, having two kids as well. We have two kids each. And when I started YouTube, I had two kids, one which was a baby. You know, but if you want to do it, you will do it. Mm. If you don't want to do it, you will make excuses. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. that, and that is literally as simple as, as that. You'll find the time if you want to do it. I totally agree. I totally agree. I've always thought I wanted to write a book, but I've sat down and written bits of books that book we were talking about the other night <laughs> no. needs to be written though <laughs> under a pseudonym <laughs> um, that um but I've never actually stuck to it whereas nothing gets between me and doing this podcast yeah nothing because you love it absolutely yeah. love it for the reasons I explained to you before and I'm sure the listeners have heard me bleat on about on here and on social media but it, it's it's made me appreciate what is my passion and what isn't and yeah. just going you know what maybe I, someone else is writing a book similar to the one that we were talking yeah. about the other night so I might just feed her some stories amazing do that do that <laughs> that might be slightly easier um, we talked about the crest of the wave we talked about this whole evolution of YouTube but what is next will we continue to see YouTube videos from you guys 15 years down the line I bloody hope not <laughs> um, we still love it who knows when it stops. Mm. Do you know what I mean? If you're still enjoying something, I think when we stop enjoying it is when it will stop. Yeah. So you can't put a date on that. No. Could no. be tomorrow, it could be in ten years' time. And I actually think that there is an audience for mature women. And I think more are crossing over to YouTube to get help and whatnot. I definitely think there is there is an audience that's moving, that's coming more mature and there's space for them. So who's to say when it will end? You just can't you just don't know. Mm. Mm. I think for me personally I'm always looking for new and exciting challenges so you know I I could see myself going more into the business side of things mm. definitely um, I don't know if I really desperately want to I sort of have a dream of just turning all the social media off mm. and just going dark on it do you know what I mean and the older I get the more I feel like that is a possibility in in however many years I don't know maybe five yeah do you know what I mean it would be lovely to have that freedom back it would be lovely to um to just not have people's opinions yeah we've spoken about our last Instagram haven't we which would just be that and then white noise (laughs) listeners for for those of you who aren't in the room Nick just flipped two birds (laughs) (laughs) would just be me doing that and then the next one would just be like white white noise (laughs) <laughs> Gone. I mean, we did the blackout for Red Nose Day. Did, yeah, was it yeah. red out? Red out. Yeah, red yeah. out for black, for, for black Nose Day, for Red Nose Day. Yeah. Was that quite freeing? Or did you um, get itchy palms? We, we, like, no, I, I mean, think, to be well. honest, we're very lucky because we have massive freedom to do what mm. we want to do because we have an amazing line of brushes in Real Techniques, if you didn't know that, that's a massive plug. Um, 
that gives us freedom to not have to call algorithms mm. and things like that. So we post when we post. Speaking of real techniques, how many brushes are in the range now, by the way? That is a good question because we discontinue them and bring out ones yeah. all the time. And we there have, needs to be a real techniques uh, museum then. It's crazy because we have the bold metals line, then we have like the real techniques like core line, the originals, and then we have multi tech, and then we have more things coming out. Lots so of new things it's, coming out. It, it fluctuates week to week. Lots. We don't know. Lots. A, I would say there's about sixty. I would say. I, I, talking about materialism and consumerism yeah. earlier and thinking I want a Mac lap book of course we all do now I want 60 <laughs> but they but talk me through quickly how they um, how it, how that started did you go to someone and say because I genuinely think and I wrote a piece on my website not only have, I think you've genuinely changed the way that women do their makeup not just via the channel and giving them instructional tips but by giving them affordable tools via which they can create a professional finish at home that's what we wanted that's that exactly good. what we wanted she wasn't even that's, reading that yeah that's like that is basically our pitch that we say yeah. um, we had about 30,000 subscribers yeah we were contacted by an American brand that had the same ideas as us that they wanted to bring out synthetic brushes and we were like mm, don't think it can be done mm. you know they're, they're so scratchy yeah. and then they sent us the material they wanted to use we designed the brushes and then a year later they came out and the main thing was we wanted them to be affordable mm. but makeup artist brushes we wanted makeup artists to love them because yeah, that's yeah. What, what our always issue is isn't it mm. we just don't want we want our, all our makeup artist friends to think that's yeah. great. But you also want everyone else, everyone else has a right to have that as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we nailed it. Because I'd save up and go and, back in the day, save up and go and buy something from the counter in House of Fraser from yeah. one of the luxury brands and really have, like, it was a real, I wanted the tissue paper, I wanted the bag, I felt awesome walking out of the shop with it. And then I'd want the tool and it would be as much, yeah. if not more, than the product. So then you had to use some sort of sponge applicator nonsense. Yes. Exactly. But We're so, so lucky because um, the Real Techniques, the people that work over at Real Techniques in Chicago are excellent, lovely, awesome, considerate people. We have like a production, um, product development team over there that are excellent. They, mm. go, they go all over the world regularly looking for the latest beauty trends um, and then we meet up with them how many times a year? Maybe three or four times a year yeah. just to go, go over what they've found, what we like, how we can adjust that. And, yeah, I mean, it's a great collaborative process. Mm. And I think that we're incredibly proud of that because with influencers and, you know, social talent now, so much of it is just a paid product placement. Name on it. You just stamp yeah. your name on the front of this product that you have nothing to do with, but that'll do. Mm. And you walk away with a healthy paycheck. Mm. And that is not something that we would ever done or have ever done so mm. um i, I just we definitely really set proud of it. high for social media talent mm. bringing out brands because our technique um real techniques are the number one seller in the uk yeah. brushes wise do you know what i mean that's a massive and coming from a social media background mm. that is a massive feat and i think um it's something we're extremely proud of aren't we to be part of it and to have designed them mm. you know it's, it's really really rewarding also makes you think actually we do know what we're doing 
They're excellent, yeah. though. I mean, they are... I mean, I'm not just saying it because you're in the room. I've said it when you're not in the room. Well, <laughs> They're really, really good products. Yeah. Thanks. And I enjoy having them in my life. Particularly that expert space. No, no, no. I will buy them because I think um, when... I can't remember who it was who said it, but Sally was on the show uh, a while ago when she brought yeah. out Pretty Iconic and she very, very kindly sent me a copy of the book. But I went on Amazon and bought it because the way I yeah. feel is I've been very lucky in that I've been sent your product and I've been to your events and I've definitely had samples that I have not paid for. But I do believe that if your mate does something... Yeah, support it. Yeah. Support it. Do you know yeah. what? I you did fully agree with this because, you know, when I have, I have a guy that comes into my house to build me shelves and things like that, right? And I went to school with him. He was in my year of school. Did so you do your bookshelves, by the way? Yes, he stairs. did. Aren't they good? That guy's a genius. Yeah. yeah. I, want his I designed it. Oh, okay. You're a genius. <laughs> um, but I never ask him for mates' rates. I wouldn't dream of it. I can afford to pay him, and I want the job done properly yeah. and nicely. And I also think, I don't really agree with mates' rates. Don't, I, don't, I don't want you to do it cheaper for mm. me. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, if time. you can afford to pay them, you should pay them more because they need the money of their mates. Yeah. And I have a friend who is going to... Um, I asked him the other day if he could sort of build me a kind of shed in my garden and I, and because I know that he could do with the cash and I would pay him the same as what I would pay someone mm. else to do it because mm. it's important to me that you are supporting your mates in that way. You know what I mean? And then also, if they do a pretty shit job, you can say... Come on. Mm. You know what I mean? I don't really I don't really support mates rates. And also another guest on this podcast, Joe Touchner Sharp, who yes. we all know and love, who is the founder and designer at Scamp and Dude. The second she put that Facebook link on, I went on and bought a sweatshirt. Yeah. Because A, I wanted the sweatshirt, because the sweatshirts are really nice. But yeah. also I really wanted Joe, who I know has put a lot on the line to create that brand, to look at her spreadsheet or to look at her order list and see a friend's name. Yeah. Because yeah. I would want to see that. Yeah. Yeah, it's super important. And you know, we've done the same with all of our friends, haven't we? Yeah. Go out and buy it. and Absolutely. And I bought Sally's the pleasure book. of it coming through the post as well and knowing that I can say, I actually bought this. Do you know what I mean? It's so nice. But yeah, I do think that's super important. Yeah, it is about supporting each, each other. Mm. Um, I think we've come to the end of our time together. I feel like this is the longest podcast ever. If people make it to the end, well done. Well done. <laughs> it's not one of the longest. Is it not? No. Well, I mean, no one is quite going to quite beat Nadine Baggett's 90-minute epic, which was her part two. I love Nadine. Yes, I love her so much. She just has no filter. Did you notice how the other night when we were at dinner, I kept having to say, Nadine, I told you that in confidence. <laughs> She's amazing. I had She's to bollock her amazing. in the cab on the way home. Nadine, <laughs> you have no filter. She is awesome. I love her dearly. Um, thank you very much is there anything else that you want uh, the listeners to know no, we should direct so. them all the links to uh, the YouTube channel yeah which I'm sure they already know your social media channels etc will be in there will be a link to the book thank you great people. thank you and also the video for the charity the, which charity was it the mind was it mind that you did the mental health video for the oh anxiety. right no it wasn't it wasn't for a specific charity although I might have written charities in the description box it was just a it was just a this is oh. anxiety okay well I'll put the link to that as well in because obviously Thank you. we picked on that and then maybe when you come back on because I yeah. think we should do this yeah it's a regular thing we'll talk more about rock music and Guns and Roses yeah. oh yes and we oh no let's just quickly cover that first in Guns and Roses who did you fancy if anyone 
I didn't fancy any. Right. I was a bit young. Polarise is polarising the Guns N' Roses question. Duff. Did you? Duff. For sure. Always Duff. The bass. You're going to see him, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Are you going? No. In, in July? No. Yeah, I'm going. I'm we've, got, we've got a real Technics tour. I'm just leaving flying early. Flying back to, go, to watch Guns N' Roses. She's with my leaving early. Because it's the original lineup, because it's the yeah. first time slash Axel. Yeah, I don't, think, I don't think Stephen's back on the drums. No. It's he Matt, I think. It. Matt Soren. Yeah. Who I always I, I hope he's done something about that hair. That hair is not great. No. You'd always picked up, wouldn't you? Always. Even though his pancreas burst. And he was one of the last people to see Kurt Cobain alive. Yeah, on, on that plane? Yes. Oh, yes, I know. We can talk about our conspiracy theory podcast oh, after this as well. Because amazing. that's another thing. Um, Sam, Nick, thank you so much Thanks for doing this. Us. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you so and much. And you've been wonderful. Thank you. There you have it. That was Sam Chapman and Nick Hayes Chapman on The Emma Gunn Show. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you're listening over on iTunes, why not hit that subscribe button? And if you really like the show, please do leave me a star rating and you can even write a little review. And if you want to get in touch, don't forget you can tweet me. I'm at Emma Guns. I'm also at Emma Guns on Instagram. So you can leave a comment in any of my pictures or send me a DM. I do try to get back to everybody personally. Or if you want to send a more private or maybe a longer message, you can email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. There is a cracking guest coming up next week, so I hope you love this show and that you'll be tuning in for that one too. See you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.